0: Wow, the last Sunday of 2015, when we come to this time of the year we usually look back and look forward and as I was reflecting on what the Lord might want to say and do today, he said to me today David is D-Day and I said but D-Day happened a long time ago Lord and he said no, D-Day is the day that you begin the battle And I believe we've just all been called together as the army of Jesus into battle. And so I want to confirm and affirm what Kirk has just said, that we are at D-Day. But there's another part of today's D-Day for us, and that is that we would step into a new freedom. The Lord wants to bring a new freedom to every one of us today. He wants to free us from the hold of the past Free us from being held by old understanding and free us into a vibrant, powerful, new tomorrow. You want that? I do. And it's for all of us because it's what Jesus has promised us. When Kirk shared on Christmas Day, he spoke about Jesus being a threat. And he said that Jesus wasn't a threat to the, king, the people he came to be king for, but he was a threat to Herod. Jesus was and is a threat to the darkness. But Jesus is not a threat to us. But he wants to be and is a threat to the darkness that wants to hold us. And so there's a separation between us and the darkness that wants to hold us. And Jesus is sovereign and we can take him at his word to be set free from the darkness that would want to hold us. And at the end of this year... I believe the Lord is saying it's time to stay in the new place of freedom. When um, Kirk was sharing, I was reminded uh, many years ago now, I was in, uh, in a university dormitory in Atlanta, Georgia. I was there for a summer school. I don't know how I got to be there. You were supposed to be educated to be there, but I somehow managed to get there. And um, I was actually the only... <laughs> The only person there out of 145 delegates that hadn't actually completed their theological studies. But I was there at the invitation of the World Methodist Evangelism Institute. And I was having a great time with the Lord and with the other people that were there. And uh, representing the Uniting Church in Australia. So they must have been, you know, sort of scrapping the bottom of the barrel at that time. But anyway, I had a good time. And one night I had a dream. And the Lord showed me in this dream how every time... God made a new move, the enemy tried to come in and snatch the birth. I'd never thought about it before, but he showed me, of course, when Moses was born, how Pharaoh wanted to kill all the boys. He showed me in the dream how when Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill all the boys. Showed me when Jesus was released into ministry and he was driven by the Spirit into the desert, the enemy tried to kill off the ministry of Jesus right then before it even started. And so the purpose of the enemy is to want to snap the start point and stop us from becoming who God intends us to be. Now, when we say yes to Jesus, we start a journey. And for for many people, when they say yes to Jesus, it gets very bumpy after that. And it's because the enemy is seeing a new life come alive in Jesus Christ and he wants to cut off the potential and the future that God intends to bring alive into the body of Christ through that new birth. Now this morning, as we just prayed, there's been something new lit up in many of us. And the Lord wants that to continue, but the enemy would want to try and stop that. The Lord reminded me of these things and he said that today... We are both targets and winners in Jesus. There's a strategy in warfare that is important that we understand. God has perfect strategy, so I believe we need to follow his plans to victory in Jesus. In warfare, military language, D Day is simply the day on which a combat or operation is initiated. It doesn't mean anything else, but I'm going to call it another I'm going to give D another meaning today as deliverance day. We're going to be delivered out of the balance of the darkness that wants to stop us from being what Jesus has for us and what the Father wants for us. And we're going to be freed into tomorrow. So if you want to be freed into tomorrow, put your hand up. That's good. That's a good start. We're going to do it later, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same starting point here. And so Jesus has given us a strategy. When I I was thinking about D-Day, I was... I began to reflect that it was 70 years ago this year that World War II finished. And I, I drifted a little bit back into my uh, past. And uh, I said, Lord, you know, I remember the end of the, well, I kind of remember the end of the Second World War. I was born just after it finished. I was conceived during the war and born in peace. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hybrid. I'm a hybrid of war and peace. I come to you today as a hybrid of war and peace because you might remember, or you probably don't, but I preached about war and peace once. It's not war or peace, it's war and peace in the kingdom of God all the time. We like to live in the place of peace, but there's a battle raging around us all the time. So it's not war or peace, it's war and peace. But in Jesus Christ, we can celebrate the peace and celebrate the victories. So I want to read where I believe the Lord gives us the strategy, the first part. And it's a very, very well-known passage of Scripture. It's the Lord's Prayer. And it's in Matthew chapter 6. And it goes like this from verse 9. When Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And Jesus went on to say, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, that's a bit in your face because I reckon that most of us are quite happy to be forgiven, but there are quite often times when we don't want to forgive other people. And I had an event happen to me a couple of weeks ago where I had a phone, where I got a new phone, and I had it replaced three times in four weeks. And, and by the third time, I was not a happy chappy. It was just I didn't know what was going wrong. So I went into the shop and they said to me, oh, we'll replace it. And then they said, the last time, they said, no, we won't. I said, but it's done the same thing. And they said, it's got coffee spilled on it. I said, it hasn't. It hasn't. It's three days old and it's not working. Anyway, the short, long and the short of the story was that um, they made me buy a new one, which wasn't terribly convenient for me leading into Christmas as a budget item that I didn't anticipate And so I went home and I said to Carol, you know, I was just saying the Lord's Prayer, Lord, you know, forgive me as I forgive others, all except that shop. (laughs) And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because that was what was in my heart, though. I wasn't happy with the way they looked after me. And so I was being very honest with God. But at the same time, I was stepping outside of the place of protection and forgiveness. Because I was letting my unforgiveness hold me captive to a place of being unforgiven. And the Lord started to speak to me more about it, and that's partly why we're where we are today in this, in this message. But it was, it is so easy to let things that happen to us hold us captive. And unforgiveness is one of the most debilitating places to live. And the Lord would have us today, I believe, as part of what we're going to do, declare honestly before the lord that we want to forgive and forget those things that we've held in our hearts against others at the end of this year to start with a clean slate into next year it's very very important it's a part of how we connect fully with the father is when we say lord forgive us and yes i have i choose in my heart to forgive those who've offended me who've hurt me who've harmed me who've done the wrong thing by me All of those things, the people that get up my nose at work, at school or wherever, Lord, just I'm sorry that I have a hard attitude against them. Would you help me to forgive them? And Lord, I choose to, I want to, and let me become free from the power of that unforgiveness that might have been in my heart before, because there's power connected to that. And then the Lord is able to take us to a place of freedom. Another scripture that I want to read to you is in Hebrews and it's Hebrews eight. We're going to come back to Matthew five Matthew 6 but Hebrews eight if I can find it I did have a marker in here I know it's in the Bible. here we go. Hebrews eight and I want to read from verse eight through to verse thirteen. Now the reason I want to read this is that the writer of the Hebrews here is is repeating old testament scripture old testament writing and is pointing out that god is doing business with his people a new way that the old covenant is now not in play anymore it's a new covenant and that's what jesus was expressing in that in the, in the in the lord's prayer it's not lord forgive me as i go and and and, and offer the sacrifices that i have to offer because you know, I've got to bring a lamb today and I've got to bring a dove tomorrow. He's saying that is not the way anymore to be in right relationship with the Father. The way to be forgiven is forgive others and then the forgiveness of God flows. Now, this is, new, this is new teaching that Rabbi Jesus taught when he said, this is how you should pray. The writer to the Hebrews understands it and is repeating something that's written in the Old Testament. And this is what it says. God found fault with the people. He didn't have to look very far. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds And write them on their hearts, I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbour or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's the new covenant. It actually goes on and says, By calling this covenant new, he's made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. So Jesus is, well, sorry, the writers of the Hebrews here is picking up on what the new covenant is and saying, This is how God will relate to us now. It's God's, it's God's covenant. He's established it. He declared it back centuries earlier that this is what he was going to do but it has now happened and we've celebrated the coming of that covenant at Christmas time the covenant has come this new covenant and God has said he'll forgive our wickedness and remember our sins no more I love that part I love that part and the and the invitation of God to us as Jesus says to pray is that we will do the same for others that we will choose to forget as we forgive now the world doesn't teach that the world wants us to to get justice you know you see it on tv and the and the news casters are in my opinion they feed it they say what do you want for what's happened to the person and, and the people in the like Diz and like say oh I, I want justice it's what they kind of feel like they have to say you know they can't say I'd, I'd like to see forgiveness and grace be exercised in the middle of this they'd probably turn the cameras off and go and find somebody else to talk to because it doesn't fit the shape of what the media wants to present. But it's sometimes hard to forget. And in fact, I believe it's impossible to forgive and forget unless we do it in concert with who we are in Jesus Christ. As I was thinking about this, I, I remembered my dad uh, who... Went to be with the Lord, I thank God for that, about uh, 2094, so it's 21 years ago now. And my dad was in the war, he fought in Papua New Guinea. And when he came back, uh, we lived in the country, Um, he had to get a job like all the other returned soldiers did. They came from the war, they came back home, some of them were retrained in different things but they were expected to get on, get a job and just do life. And I couldn't work out why my dad used to go to the pub every night and meet his mates. That was how they were processing their pain. We didn't understand, the the, the country didn't understand because most of the country had been to war and they came back and they had to step into a role of provider, of father, of husband, things they didn't even begin to understand how to do. And, And so for the first 13 years of my life, my dad was usually drunk every night He got angry, but he thankfully didn't get abusive at home. He and I used to have a lot of arguments. He taught me how to argue. Carol thinks it was a bad thing. But that was how I communicated with him. I I, I never knew him other than when he was wanting to argue the point about something. But then when I was 13, my dad met Jesus. In fact, the guy that led him to Jesus... I went to his funeral a week, two weeks ago. He was the minister in our Methodist church in Maryborough, Ron Smith, and I was actually able to go. And that, for those of you that might wanna connect the dots, Phil Smith, who used to be on radio. Phil Smith is the son of Ron Smith, who was the guy that was, led my father to the Lord. And in that change that happened in my dad, I saw him able to forgive the people that he had fought in the war. He was able to forgive the enemy. Now, a lot of people couldn't, but a lot of people hadn't met Jesus either. But as he met Jesus, he was able to forgive. Now, he didn't, I don't know that he ever forgot, but he did forgive them and he started to live a whole new life. And we had a fantastic couple of years. And this is also part of the story because as he was giving his heart to Jesus and was becoming pretty switched on as, a, as an evangelist with his mates at the pub. He'd still go to the pub, but he didn't drink. Well, he didn't drink as much. He still had a beer. But he was, he'd come home sober. And he'd tell them that he'd found Jesus. Now, I don't know how many of them ever met the Lord as a result of Dad, but I know that he was very real with his faith. But then one night, the enemy who was waited for a time, and I don't know that Dad had been praying the Lord's Prayer because the enemy came to him in the night, masquerading as an angel of light. And Dad didn't quite understand the power of the new covenant. He was caught under the old covenant. He, he, he grew up in a, a Catholic church and he had no knowledge, and I'm not blaming the Catholic church for this, he grew up there you know, at arm's length. And his time in the, the Methodist church with us, was very short and his theology theological understanding was happening but it hadn't happened and so he thought that he had to be he had to be good to be okay with God and we didn't tell him not to be because it was quite a change for us in the house it was a nice thing but that wasn't what made him right with God it was Jesus that made him right with God I got to tell him that 50 years later before he died but what had happened was that In the night, Dad was reading his Bible and he said he saw a light coming towards him. He didn't tell me this until many years later because I didn't understand what had happened. This light came towards him and Dad went to go towards the light. And a voice spoke from the light and said, get away from me, you're not worthy. And Dad said, well, if that's your attitude up you, I'm out of here. And he shut his Bible and he walked away. Now, when when he told me that story... I don't know, 30 years later, I said, Dad, that wasn't God. That was Satan masquerading as an angel of light. The scripture tells us he comes like that. God would never say that to you because you'd given your heart to Jesus. And in Jesus, you're okay with God. You are worthy in Christ. And I saw the colour drain out of my father's face when I got to tell him that. He had his life robbed because of a lie of the enemy, because he didn't understand that he was living under a new covenant. That's why I get really, really angry at religious spirits, because I saw them destroy my father's living in the fullness of Jesus. He just, It destroyed a family. He left us, left mum with two boys and teenagers, and our lives changed completely from that one encounter. So if I seem to get a bit excited at times about religious spirits, that's one of the reasons why. The other one is that Jesus gets pretty excited about them too. He has to take them head on and tell them to leave town. But coming to Jesus makes the difference. And we see that the Lord has given us a strategy. The strategy is we come to the Father and we ask for forgiveness. And yes, we then, because we've forgiven others, God is faithful to do that and he casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers our sin no more. A number of scriptures quote them in different ways. And the whole thing is based upon the fact that we need to leave the past behind. We need to cut off and leave the past behind and look forward to what the Lord has for us. Our tomorrow is his tomorrow The hardest thing to do often is to leave the past behind because we wallow in it sometimes. There are some parts of it we want to hang on to. Today's a day of deliverance. We need to choose to embrace God's forgiveness as we choose to forgive those who have harmed us. We are delivered from the power of the hold of the enemy. If we go back to the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus said, Father, deliver us from the evil one. Now, that's a request of God that we might be set free from the power and the hold of darkness you know we used to when I was a boy at school we used to say the Lord's Prayer every morning at school and we used to stand there and recite it away and, da, 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 da. and you know it didn't mean a lot to us but I tell you what it meant a lot to God it meant a lot to God because we were saying it and he was faithful he still is and it's one of the most powerful prayers and I, my recommendation friends is if you want to start something new in the new year, in your journey with God, say the Lord's Prayer every morning. It's a good habit. It's not a religious thing. It's just a really good thing to do to set the day straight with you and the Lord. And it also reminds you that you're meant to deal with anybody that you've not forgiven and keep your account short with God. Embracing God's forgiveness is very powerful. And it's a way of disconnecting the enemy from having a hold over us and that's what the Lord wants to have us walk into his freedom so God is good he wants us to be free in Jesus Satan doesn't want us to be free that's the other side of the story that's where the battle comes in he wants to imprison us back under the law now and that's a state apart from Jesus I'm not saying that the teaching that is in the scriptures in the Old Testament is inappropriate. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it doesn't make us right with God. What's in there is good to have in our heart and good to know, and it's good to live by because it's most of the Old Testament is about how to live relationally with one another. And we were talking about that before. But it doesn't make us right with God. What makes us right with God is the new covenant with Jesus as our priest and king, as our high priest and king. We come into the relationship with the Father through Jesus. And we can, when we say, deliver us from the evil one, we're inviting God into the middle of our day to set us free. We prayed that for Sharon and the baby this morning, that we invited God into the middle of that. We didn't invite him around the edges. We invited him into the middle of it. And we said to death, get away. And we have that authority. You know, we're sitting in this room in a warm day, fleshly feeling the heat. But guys, we are spirit beings and God is here. He is spirit. He is here. He heard those prayers that we uttered in our hearts. He will honour them. He will do what we ask Him to do when we ask according to His heart. The words of knowledge that we ask the Lord for every Sunday morning, we say, Lord, what's on your heart for somebody here today? That's what we ask. We don't sit in there and say, oh, let's think of some things that God might want to do. We ask God what He wants to do. Now, do we get it right all the time? No, we don't. But we try to. We try to hear it so that we can write it down so that somebody that God wants to touch with love, knows that God has got their number today to say, I want to touch your life with my love. There are three keys to freedom and life. Embracing Jesus as our righteousness with God, forgiving those who sin against us so that the enemy has no hook of condemnation and then commanding the darkness to leave us alone walking free from the past. We don't take yesterday's failures into our tomorrows. We're delivered from the evil one and his plans. That's what we're asking the Father to do, and that's where we stand, because we can confidently say to the accuser, I am forgiven. I am right with God in Christ and his righteousness. My father didn't know that, but I do, and I pray that you do that you know that you are right with God because of what Jesus has done. And that's got to be the starting point for the new year, folks. That's got to be the starting point. When we know that, when we know that we know that we know that, we can see the kingdom come because we will declare to the darkness, get away and stop what you're doing and let us be who God has called us to be. Every one of us can pray that. Every one of us can walk boldly into that. It's not just for some, it's for all of us. The main game of the enemy is to try to drag us back into the old. He wants to point out our failings and our weaknesses. You no, know, he wants to remind you that you, you, know, you blew it 10 years ago. What the? God's forgotten, it says. But the enemy doesn't. He's the one that keeps the list. And wants to keep putting it back in our face. Our response needs to come from the assurance of who we are in this new relationship with the Father through the Son. As Christians, new beginnings happen every day. We're clean and forgiven every day. Jesus, when he went to wash the disciples' feet, you remember the story. Peter said, wash all of me. And Jesus said, Peter, you're already clean. I'm just washing the dirt of the day off your feet. That's the everyday, Lord, forgive me for today because we're cleansed in Christ. But every day if we say, Lord, I'm sorry for the the mess I made of today, can we we try again tomorrow? And God's going, of course. Tomorrow's a whole new day. Don't let yesterday colour your tomorrow, particularly where it hasn't been good. The enemy wants to do it, but God doesn't. Jesus is the one who has given us the new way. Forgiving, being forgiven, and then coming to a place of authority. In recent days, in praying with people, the Lord has highlighted something that I think is incredibly important that we want to deal with today you know, we talk about spiritual activity and spiritual warfare and deliverance ministry, which is really, we're just telling spirits to leave us alone and get away and we have authority to do that. Some deliverance is noisier than other times because demons don't, where where they kind of have been hanging around for a long time, they don't like to go quickly or quietly. But above that level of spiritual activity and that spiritual, those spirits that operate, there are strongholds. There are if you like, um, authorities that are greater than the spirit. And there's a stronghold that has been revealed in recent days. And it operates over Christians. And it's a spirit or a stronghold of enslavement. And that stronghold is not seen normally, but it's the one that manipulates and operates and works on all of the negative things and the negative spirits that come at us out of the darkness from the enemy who wants to call us back into and under the old law. There's a new power that is stronger than the enemy, and that is Jesus But the fruit of this stronghold is that it brings a loss of peace. It brings a loss of joy. It brings discouragement. People not living fully to their purpose. Not fully knowing the passion that God has put in you. It brings oppression and depression. It brings do more, try harder. what it does is it, I use the word modulates, it modulates or turns down the sureness of God's words of acceptance and love and call and power to us. Okay. It doesn't, it cannot lie about the truth because we know the truth. But what it does is instead of that truth being so clear and sure in our heart and mind, it just modulates it. It turns it down so that there. There's another voice and another noise in there as well. Are you following me? Is it making sense to any of you? It does because that's at work. It's a a stronghold that I believe is above the church of Jesus and above individuals who love Jesus. It doesn't change the words, but it challenges their validity and power. Okay? It says, you prayed for that person, but, you know, because of what you did yesterday, God's not going to listen to you today. That's an absolute load of crap. But that's what the enemy says. And he tricks us. He gets us to a place of going, mm, maybe, you yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe God didn't, isn't going to do that because of what I thought about or I forgot to ask for my forgiveness yesterday. It's not going to turn off. It just tries to turn down our confidence in who Jesus is and who we are in him it causes us to be caught in the enemy's hand he wants to suck us back into and under the old covenant because he knows it he knows it he wants us to say you're only good if you're keeping the law and because you're not then you're not going to be able to do this thing that you think you want to do why did Jesus say pray like this He said, pray like this, deliver us, Father, from the evil one. Deliver us from what he is planning to do to us today. Because he's got a plan. But when we say, God, deliver us from it, God shows us the plan of the enemy and lets us walk boldly forward. So today is D-Day, folks. Today is a day for deliverance from that evil enemy. Stronghold, I believe that we can enjoy the new season, the new year, full of freedom and life in Jesus Christ and not have the joy and the freedom robbed by this modulating voice that wants to just try to hold us and take us away from living in the full wonder and joy and power of the kingdom. So, today. I believe the Lord has said we have authority to make this D-Day, Deliverance Day. D-Day for you can be the 27th of December 2015, not the 6th of June, 44. We walk into the future with God beyond the spirit of enslavement. We sing those words, no longer a slave. And yet, The enemy just keeps waving it around and tries to hold us and pull us back. Well, I reckon it's time to say enough. And we can say no more spirit of enslavement. It's Freedom Day. That's the invitation of the Lord today, my friends, as we end this year and start a new year. Freedom. Freedom and life. Freedom and life. And you want it. I want it. We want it. And the enemy doesn't. But we can stand today and say, enough. No more spirit of enslavement over us. We will choose not to come under it. We will declare that we will not listen to it. And we will declare that we will be delivered because Jesus has said we are in him sovereign over that in his name. So if that is, if you feel like there's a, that spirit of enslavement has had a sway over your life, I just want to invite you to stand up. Now, if it's not there, don't stand. But if it is, I invite you to stand and join me so that we can pray. The key to this coming into full flight is forgive and forget. Now, if you struggle with that, I suggest... It might be good to stand as well because we're going to pray that one as well. That you can forgive and forget that you're not going to pursue justice. You're going to come and trust God for his righteousness and his rightness in the situation. Thank you, Lord. So in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, I declare in his name And I speak into the darkness and I speak to the strongholds that have been established, that have hidden behind the the, the words and the darkness. I say to every one of you now, your season of keeping the children of God enslaved is over. Spirit of enslavement and all that you have at your disposal, I say off the children of God. The ones that are standing here before the Father now have declared that they want to live in the full fruit of the new relationship that is theirs in Jesus, that the Father has himself declared to be new and good and life-giving. And nothing of the enslavement to the old can take a hold on those that are standing before the Father now and declaring that Jesus is their righteousness and Jesus alone is the one to whom they give their hearts. No more flirting with the darkness. We say to you, spirit of enslavement, get off, get away, you can't come back. And take with you all of your minions. Take with you all of those that you bring, especially The do more, try harder spirits, get off and get out. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you, Jesus, have brought life and freedom for us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that where this enemy has had a a hold in any of us and on us, Lord, where he's been modulating the words of truth from the Father, Holy Spirit, that you would give us a new receiver, that we would hear with clarity now. We would know the words of the Father with a clarity and a sharpness, that we would believe the truth of who we are in Jesus and that we would not be tricked and trapped by the lies of the enemy anymore. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And all the people said, Amen. Okay. That's done. My friends, that's done. And there's a new tomorrow. (laughs) There is a new tomorrow free from that. But remember the steps. Forgive, forget, thank you, Father, for forgiving me, and Lord, deliver me from the plans and schemes of the enemy. The Lord's Prayer every day is a really, really good place to go.